So we have been studying in the book of Romans. Uh, last week we were uh, in chapter 9. I think we pretty much covered everything that's in that chapter. Uh, any questions or comments about that before we go on to chapter 10? In chapter 9 and 10, Paul is showing his concern for Israel. And uh, so uh, as we get into chapter 10, I'll, I'll read the uh, text and then we'll carry on from there. Paul says in verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does these things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is, bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near to you, in your heart, in your mouth, and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus, the, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is over all. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall we call on him in whom we have not believed? And how shall we believe in him whom we have not heard? And how shall we hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? That is, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Israel says, Lord, who has believed on our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Th their sound has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the earth. But I say, did Israel not know? First Moses says, 
I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation, and I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. But Israel is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask me. But to Israel, he says, all day long I have stretched out my hand to a disobedient and contrary people. So what was uh, the Jews' problem? As we have read through this chapter. They rejected Christ. Okay. Go back a little further than that. What, what was the matter with the the law which they were seeking. They couldn't keep the law. Okay. So by that they couldn't be saved and they didn't believe in Jesus. Okay. They were ignorant. All right. They were ignorant. Uh, first of all, the law they could not keep they, because of the weakness of the flesh, wasn't it? And... Um, so they tried to establish their own traditions and uh, things that they wanted to be uh, included in their worship. So now we're going to look at what Paul's saying here concerning them and what his desire for them was. Verse 1, he says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel that they may be saved. So he's he continues to explain God's dealing with the nation of Israel here in this chapter. Uh, he repeats his expression of love toward them. And then in verse 1, he says, Through, Though as a nation they had plenty of zeal. Zeal, the only thing that we need. We can have a lot of it, can't we? And go down the wrong road, can't we? And that's what they were doing. They were a zealous people, but they weren't doing it in the way that God asked for them to, or told them that they needed to go. So uh, then it says, Thus they rejected the righteousness of God, and while trying to establish their own righteousness through the law of Moses. But Paul explains that Christ is the fulfillment of the law. When did this happen? He died on the cross. Okay. He came and supplied the remedy, didn't he, for their shortcomings. They couldn't save themselves. And because God loved them, he sent his, his only son, didn't he? And he took our place. Lived a perfect example for us. And he went to the cross. And he took my place and he took your place and he took their place. But what do we need to do? Well, verse 9 says that we confess with our mouth Jesus. Okay, I've got to believe in who he is and what he did. Unless I believe that, 
and I'm willing to confess that, I can't have salvation. I can be in the same boat that they were in, outside of uh, the love of God. But God has provided a remedy. And so we need to follow um, what that plan is. It says here in our lesson books, the righteousness of God now offered is based upon faith in Christ. I must believe who he is. Not keeping the law, that, that won't do us any good, will it? And that's what they were trying to continue on with. So because of that, they were lost. And Paul's desire was that they be saved. Why do you have that desire? He cared about them. Okay. He cared about them. Who? Comment? Okay. Who was Paul? Well, Paul first was a Jew named Saul, right? And he rejected the same way that they had. But then he saw the light, didn't he? On the way to Damascus, the Lord appeared unto him. And he decided he needed to obey the Lord, didn't he? Now his desire is that they be saved. What's that say to you and me? That we should want others saved. Exactly. We should have a feeling for those you know, around us or out in the world or, you know, um, I don't know how else to say that, but we should care about others and want to get them saved. Who? Who should we care about? Uh, the laws. Everyone. Everyone. In this yeah. instance, the laws. Yeah. Sometimes, we, though, we want to categorize them, don't we? And we think, well, how can they be saved? By themselves, they can't. But if they accept who Jesus is and follow in the way, they can be. That's what God has said. So... Uh, I should be as concerned for others as Paul was for the Jews, shouldn't I? That's a lesson I can learn from him. In verse 2 he says, I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They weren't following what God said, were they? That's key to us having salvation. I must listen to what God said. He supplied the remedy for me. Now I've got to do what he says to obtain that. And it's not any righteousness which I can do. But it is obedience, isn't it? That's why I like, I've said this before many times, I like the song, Trust and Obey. Because that spells out how I can be saved. There's no other way that I can come to God but through the gospel message. Paul started off this letter by saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And then he says, for it is the power of God unto salvation. 
Not my power, not your power, not anybody else's power, but it's God's power, isn't it? He provided the remedy. And it's the power that if I believe in it and confess who Jesus is and do what Jesus said and what the Holy Spirit has said, I can be a son of God and have the blessings which we studied about there in chapter 8. In that chapter said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Nothing can separate us from the love of God but me. And there's a way I can get back into fellowship, isn't there? By confessing that which I've done wrong and repenting of that and continuing to do God's will. But no man or woman or any one upon this earth can separate us from the love of God. And then he goes on in verse 3, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. He gave them the law, didn't he? But they wanted to go off in their own way and try to establish their own uh, tradition. And then he said in verse 4, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. The Jews trying to bind the law on people today, is it in force now? This states that, doesn't it? When Jesus went to the cross, he completed that law by making a perfect sacrifice for us. But it's only ours if we believe. If we believe what God has provided, if we believe in who Jesus is, and if we believe the plan which he has set forth for us, uh, to obey. All right. Um, back to our lesson book. The righteousness of God now offers, uh, now offers, is based upon faith in Christ, not keeping the law. It involves not the accomplishment of some great feat like ascending into heaven or descending into hell. Some people want to say that I've done these great deeds. We can't go into heaven and uh, and we can't go into hell in this life, but we we can do things which will gain us the reward. As foretold in the scriptures, it, it offers to all, both Jews and Gentiles, and it offers through the medium of preaching of the word. Uh, here in this passage, he, uh, in verse 8, he says, But what does it say? The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with the mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Where Jesus come from? 
from heaven. So I don't have to go there to obtain this mercy, do I? He came here and he took my place and he did those things which were necessary. Uh, what happened after he died? He was resurrected. Okay. He went to the grave, but he didn't stay there, did he? He was raised from the dead, so I don't have to go there to seek him, do I? For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between you and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Okay, how do I call on him? How do, how do I receive this blessing? Okay. So I've, I've got to somehow get the knowledge of his word. Whether I read that word or whether someone teaches me that word or preaches that word, it's that word, God's word, that will save me through my obedience to it. It's not about anything that I can do. Now I've got to trust and obey, don't I? But by accomplishing something that will earn me that, I can't do it. Okay, then verse 14, he says, How shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And then the next verse, we want to say it's the feet of the preacher that's the thing that's beautiful here, but isn't it the message that he's bringing that's beautiful? And we're happy when someone brings us a good message, aren't we? We have great joy. Do we have that kind of joy when we hear the gospel? That verse says, and how shall they preach unless they are sent it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. When was the preacher sent? Now he said, we need a preacher. Okay, someone look up Matthew 28 and verses 18 to 20. And whoever gets there, please read it. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
So when was when were these words spoken? Pardon? Before Jesus returned to heaven. Okay. This is after the cross. He's died. He was buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He was with them some 40 days and taught them many more things which they hadn't heard. And now before he ascends back to the Father to be at his right hand, interceding for you and me, what did he say? How much authority did he have to say that? All authority. Okay. He's stating God gave him the authority to say these things. This is part of God's plan, isn't it? In this chapter, we're look, uh, hearing about a preacher bringing the good news. Jesus sent them forth, didn't he? He told his apostles, his disciples, to go forth and preach the gospel, didn't he? And that by believing that gospel and being baptized, by confessing him before men, as he said in other places, I can have redemption. Now, whether I stay redeemed or not, that's up to me, isn't it? I've got to make the right choices. I can fail in my choices. But he's also provided a way in which I can be redeemed again, doesn't he? He's told us, repent and be baptized. And then he said, when I sin, as in uh, in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, we, we read of, we can now have the blood of Christ applied to our sins through owning up to our sins and asking God to forgive us, and the blood of Christ will be applied again to those sins. So God's plan works if we work it. But we have the choice, don't we? Just like Israel had the choice. And they chose to go on their own way. Are there any doing that today? There's a lot of people in this world that don't follow the gospel plan, do they? We've got to be concerned and try and do our best to uh, teach them the right way. In uh, verse 17, he says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So if I want to know what will save me, I've got to go to the word of God, don't I? Okay, so let's uh, go on back to our lesson books. We've got some points to ponder here in this lesson. Uh, what's the importance of combining zeal with knowledge? Why do I need knowledge? Because you can have zeal and you can really be really gung-ho for something. But if you don't know what it's about or how to go get that knowledge, it does you no good. 
Okay. I can go off in the wrong way and be very zealous, can I? All right, that. On the other hand, you can have knowledge without the zeal. And it's like you just keep it to yourself. Yes. And sometimes we're guilty of that, aren't we? We don't do what we can about saving others. We've got to get them to accept the gospel, don't we? But if I don't take it to them, how do they know? Oh, they don't want to hear that. That's one of the things we think sometimes, isn't it? They won't listen to me. Who's guilty at that point? We all are. Yeah. I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. Jesus said so. Not someone else. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. But many times we sit on our duff and do nothing, don't we? Okay, the next thing the point to ponder is how Israel had plenty of opportunity to heed the gospel of Christ, but for the most part they rejected it. What do you suppose caused them to reject him? They had been told he was going to come by Isaiah, even by Moses, you know, so now they're rejecting him. Why? They had the wrong idea of who he would be and how he would be. Okay, that's part of it. Yeah. Big part of it. They didn't recognize who he was or is. Sometimes I use the past tense. It should be the present tense, shouldn't it? He is still the same today as he was then. So, I need to take the word to them. I've done that. Now where's the responsibility? The person that hears it. Okay. I've done what God told me to do. The only fear that I can have in that is that I present all of the facts in a way that would convince them of who he is. You can have all the zeal that you want, all the zeal, you can have all the knowledge you want, but there's one other thing that you're, you're lacking, and that's wisdom, and that wisdom comes from God, and that's what you ask, and no matter how much zeal you have, no matter how much knowledge you have, you're all right with the world, you, you can fool the world, yeah. but without the wisdom of God, you don't have nothing. So we, we must be wise in his ways. Take the message that he's given us. Like the law of Moses, there wasn't anything wrong with that law, other than the fact that man couldn't keep it. What's the matter with the law we have been given now? Nothing. We can't keep this law. Yeah. It's the perfect law of liberty, isn't it? So, 
I have a responsibility to take that uh, to all those whom I come in contact with. How can I do that in the simplest form? Probably one-on-one -on -one with the person you're trying to reach. But before that? What do you have to do? Yeah. Probably pray and study. <laughs> okay, but... I have to be the, be the Christian. I have to be the one that already obeyed so I ha and get the knowledge so I know how to teach the person. Okay. I'm not explaining example. Do what? Like our example. Oh. Yeah. Ah, now we're getting down to it, aren't we? Daily walk. I must be a light. Sometimes I don't do that very well, do I? But people do watch us. Sure. Absolutely. And they sure do watch when we mess up, don't they? And they're very quick to tell us about that. So I've got to be careful, don't I? Maybe especially your kids. <laughs> yes. And there was a time when I didn't do that very well. So we are guilty of not sh showing our light, shining our light before the world preaching the gospel by my daily actions. I want the benefits, don't I? I've got to change some things in my life, don't I? God has provided the way. Now it's up to me, isn't it? Now, in verse 18, uh, he says, The sound has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. In the two New Testament time, in the book of Acts, it said it was spread to all around, wasn't it? Not everybody believed it or obeyed it. But in uh, verse 20 says, I have found, I was found by those who did not seek me. Who was that? The Gentile. God provided a way for them, didn't he? And they rejoiced in that they could be saved, didn't they? And obeyed the gospel. But the Jews who had been God's people rejected him, didn't they? And this was what Paul's writing about. My heart's desire that they would be saved. We're out of time this morning. So uh, I guess we'll have to look at the outline next week. Any questions before we quit? Thank you.